This week, Simon says, watch Demolition Man. So we did. This is Body Counts and Beer. Welcome to another edition of Body Counts and Beer. I am Mark Rosenthal. I am Patrick Bromley. I am the unfrozen maniac, John Rooney. (laughs) Today, we are discussing the 1993 Marco Brambia classic, Demolition Man. Heads up. (laughs) (laughs) It it felt like a sound effect should go there, but no one knew what to do. That's right, from the director of Dinotopia, the writers of Heathers and Action Jackson, and the stars of Speed 2 Cruise Control, 2 Wong Fu, Thanks for Everything, Julie Newmar, and the party at Kitty and Studs, is Demolition Man! A movie about a cop from our time sent to a future time to fight a criminal from our time in a future time. Hey, nice! What? What's great, though, about this movie is that it doesn't actually... It starts... like, future contemporary from when it was made. So no part of this actually ever took place in the past or present. It was all future, and now it is all past. Yeah. Oh, that's weird. Yeah, man. Well, no, not all of it, because when they unfreeze, it's like 2032. That can't be right. No, it is. Absolutely He he says, gentlemen, it's 2032. There's the big pool hall scene. I mean... Yeah, that scene where him and Tom Cruise and Paul Newman are shooting pool yeah, yeah, to yeah. werewolves of London. And uh, Phil Collins loses his pants in a bet. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's because he can't dance. He can. Or sing. <laughs> All right, uh, John, you had a special request for the beginning of this episode. So we have to get this out of the way real quick. Uh, we'll just do a quick round robin of everybody's Stallone impersonation, and then we can just move on with our lives. <laughs> uh, Bromley, you want to kick it off? <laughs> Solid Stallone! Who's gonna hold half of my face and say things right now? Yeah, actually, this isn't that bad. Yeah. I'm doing a great job, guys. Great job. <laughs> this is gonna be the first podcast in history to be subtitled. <laughs> For those of you who couldn't tell, he literally just said, What's up, guys? That classic Stallone line. Yeah, yeah from Stopping Your Mama Shoot. <laughs> Not my mom, your, your mom. mom. The sequel that was never released in the United States, only in Japan. <laughs> it was deemed too offensive. <laughs> John, yeah. your, uh, your turn. Let's hear it. Now that I'm on the spot, all I can think of are last action hero lines. <laughs> <laughs> uh, look at me, I'm Shane Black. <laughs> no, no, what? This is a great request it. for the opening. Yeah, I, I requested it and I put in absolutely no effort. <laughs> to prepare at all. Much like most artistic endeavors in my life, I'm an ideas man. Uh, I guess that's me. Uh, Well, I don't want to leave you on a cliffhanger here, so I guess I'll do it. Get it? Because that's a Stallone movie. Uh, Yeah, Cliffhanger. Stallone does talk almost Mm. exclusively in titles of his own movies. That's right. Mm. Uh, hey, uh, this is Rocky 3. Uh, <laughs> His uh, immortal uh, character, Rocky, Rocky 3. three. <laughs> yeah. Rocky, Rocky the 3rd. My, my dad beat a tall Creed, and then his son beat a tall Creed, and then I beat... Boy, I gotta tell you, this patented bit did not come together as well as I had hoped. Good work, everybody. Uh, hey. <laughs> 
Listeners, mail in your own Stallone impersonations, and you could be edited in. I will say this right now. Once, if anybody wants to send me their Stallone impersonations, if you think you can beat my Stallone impersonation, <laughs> we'll I want to you- see you try. Please send them to as a direct Twitter message to us at BodyCountCast or to our email, BodyCountsAndBeer at gmail.com. We will put you on the air, and we will... Finally find out who has the best alone impression. Me or the rest of the world! <laughs> we'll send you a fucking loot crate or something. Whoa, I don't know. Whoa, whoa, whoa. whoa. Now, Profanity alert. <laughs> yeah. John Rooney, you've been charged one credit yeah. for violating the Body Counts and Beer vulgarity statute. Yeah. Uh, to all of you who haven't seen Demolition Man, <laughs> shut up. You've seen Demolition Man. <laughs> also, come on. But these are all call-ahead jokes that will make sense later in the podcast. Like right now, Demolition Man begins like all movies do with Los Angeles burning. Yeah. The year is 1996. The place is Los Angeles. As good as it gets was in the middle of filming. (laughs) (laughs) The Raiders had recently relocated. Uh, we are in a dystopian, uh, slight future. The Demolition Man came out in 1993. We're 96, a slight jump into the future. We are introduced to our hero of the movie, Detective John Spartan, played by Sylvester Stallone. And this is what's great about this movie is it follows the late 80s, early 90s rule that cops get to wear whatever they want when they're copping. Yeah. And what Stallone wanted most of all in this world was a sleeveless t-shirt and a beret. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, he's a classy cop. That's true. And half French. Yeah. I think Demo- I think it's Demolition. <laughs> <laughs> That's the thing. Right. He, his nickname on the police force is Demolition Man, <laughs> which is not good. <laughs> That's actually his internal affairs designation. <laughs> so he is uh, uh, being taken in by a couple of helicopter drivers... Helicopter drivers, yeah, that's right. I almost got my uh, helicopter license, but I couldn't parallel park good enough. (laughs) I had to try three times. So the uh, the helicopter pilots are going to drop in John Spartan because a busload of passengers has been kidnapped by Simon Phoenix, played by Wesley Snipes of Drop Zone fame. And uh, so he, like, literally bungees... Off of the helicopter, which that's how you know it's the 90s. Yeah. Well, funny. that and uh, all of the sound effects are metal click noises. It is right. just a yeah. montage of metal click noises as he prepares for it. It sounds well, like all the percussion backing tracks to every Nine Inch Nails song. <laughs> Back in those days, we didn't have smartphones. We had carabiners, John. True. That's true. <laughs> they told us the weather. They gave us directions. Yep. They held our lighting fixtures in place <laughs> for our improv shows. And they kept our keys on our backpacks. <laughs> They still do to this very day. (laughs) I just keep my keys in my pocket like a normal person. You know who's not a normal person? Sergeant John Spartan. He's a detective. He's got carabiners. (laughs) (laughs) So he he bungees out of this helicopter and goes on a sweet one-man rampage through an abandoned fire factory? It is incredibly one-sided. Nobody puts up even the slightest hint of a fight. Uh, I feel most sorry for the guy whose back was turned when John Spartan (laughs) kidney-punched him with a pistol and then knocked him in the face a couple of times. With a pistol? (laughs) Threw him into a crate. (laughs) 
Yeah, John Spartan uh, works his way through a bunch of goons and finds himself face-to-face with Simon Phoenix, the villain of our piece, and they have a little tete-a-tete. Uh, well, I love this scene because, like, right before John Spartan walks in, Simon Phoenix is like, oh, John Spartan is here. So he just stabs a bunch of barrels of gasoline and then, like, sits behind his desk with his blowtorch. And, and does a whole bunch of cocaine. And does a, yeah. a bunch of cocaine. You really don't see that in the movies anymore. Yeah, yeah. you don't. Yeah, it's almost yeah. like cocaine became passe. <laughs> right. Come on, guys. Stop doing your molly and do a real drug. <laughs> like cocaine. Yeah. Yeah. Hi, I'm Mark Rosenthal of Body Counts and Beer. And I'm here to talk to you today about cocaine. Not great it is. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, me, I'm just a struggling bad guy trying to take on a totalitarian government. Is there a drug for me? There is. It's called cocaine. Tell me more. <laughs> Have you ever found yourself flagging late at night in a long-standing hostage situation? Do you need something to give you just that little extra kick to get through? <laughs> cocaine, John. Are all of your ideas shitty, but you want to think they're great? Have I got a drug for you? <laughs> yes, cocaine. From the jungles of Columbia it came... Oh, straight into the writer's room of Hollywood. <laughs> Did you ever want to have the courage to call someone Bubby? <laughs> Calling ahead to our Die Hard episode, Patrick. <laughs> Shane Black's finest directorial <laughs> effort. Fuck you! Fuck you! Have we not done Die Hard yet? No, not yet. <laughs> Someday. I ask purely in Soprano. Someday. So there's a nice little standoff between Simon Phoenix and Sylvester Stallone. <laughs> That's right. Sylvester Stallone, the actor, <laughs> versus Simon Phoenix, the character. Yeah. Well, this this movie does play a lot with is it a is it, does it take place in movie reality or our own world? Because this is one of the first movies to spend a lot of time outright referencing other movies. Yeah, that's correct. Yeah, that's very true. So they have a little, they have a uh, a nice little uh, face off. Wesley Snipes throws a lit cigarette into a pool of gasoline that that Spartan is standing in because apparently he didn't smell all the gasoline that was, like, knee-deep in. The fire punches the gun out of his hand. (laughs) But this is what I like. The fire rages up and punches the gun out of his hand. That does actually happen. But then uh, uh, Sylvester Stallone takes a minute and, like, looks at Wesley Snipes, and then he has an actor moment where he gets angry and decides to charge him. Yeah, that's right. While fire is just lapping up all around And him. there are two fantastic lines that if we don't point out now, we will get angry later in the movie that we did not set this up true, properly. True. Uh, Mark, yes. you want to take us in on this? Yeah, episode? so they're, they're in their fight. Spartan finally gets Phoenix. He's got him, like, in a headlock. And he's like, where are the hostages? And he's like, oh, they're gone. You know, I didn't have them. I told him to stay out of my neighborhood. Uh, I told him to st- I told the government to stay off my lawn. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and he's like, where are the hostages? He's like, I forgot. I swear, I'd lose my head if it wasn't attached. And then Spartan says, I'll keep that in mind. Uh, and then they ba- both basically wink at the camera <laughs> to remind you that 90 minutes from now, this will make sense. <laughs> They leap out of the exploding building because the barrels of C4 that Simon Phoenix just keeps around. Yep. Well, uh, you know, if you they're wholesale prices, so you get a discount when you buy in bulk. Right. This well, was here's the, the thing uh, I don't understand. Anytime I've ever seen C4 used in a movie, not that I've ever seen C4 in life, it always comes in like a little tofu package. Yeah, you gotta roll your own, son. <laughs> You just dip that out of a barrel, and then you pack it down. Yeah, it's like Play-Doh. Yeah. 
You can put it through that little like spaghetti head thing and it comes out and it looks like oh, hair. It's like in uh, fucking Metal Gear Solid 3. You mold it into a heart, you put it on the shago hod, and it comes back later. <laughs> I had no idea it worked this yep, way. Yep, I have no idea that... I didn't even know that was a thing. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, if I ordered a bunch of C4, I would expect it to show up in a box, just like my tofu. <laughs> <laughs> I would like to talk to you about how you order your tofu. <laughs> it seems like you're doing it wrong. And also, the government is now staked out at your mailbox. <laughs> I order it in army crates. <laughs> <laughs> Who ordered this camouflage box of tofu? <laughs> Extra firm. <laughs> So, uh, the building explodes, and Spartan escapes just in the nick of time. It not only explodes, it fully collapses. Yeah. Right. Like, yeah. this was clearly a building that was scheduled for <laughs> demolition. Whoa! Whoa. <laughs> the building not only, it catches fire. Yeah. It explodes. That it does. Then it collapses <laughs> entirely within itself, uh, and then... Stallone runs out, and they're just like, I told you not to go in there on a one-man raid, and I told you not to blow anything up. What are you, some kind of one-man hero? Some kind of renegade with nothing to lose? (laughs) And it turns out, uh, they're like, where are the hostages? He's like, no, they're not here. I did a thermo scan, and there were no signatures. And then Phoenix is like, wrong again. And then they find the bodies of the hostages. They were in there the whole time. Which I guess is enough to convict someone? Yes, because John Spartan is immediately sentenced to 60-something years in prison. Uh, and he is placed in the newfangled, brand new uh, cryo-prison program in Los Angeles. The future is yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> Sure For is, us. Buddy. For them, it's tomorrow. Yeah, no. I We're going to put now. him on the ice so that he can chill out. <laughs> what killed the dinosaurs? <laughs> Great Stallone. Great Stallone, John. The name is Cryo Prison. <laughs> Learn it well, for it is the sound of your doom. I, this this oh, might God. actually be the only reason Arnold Schwarzenegger decided to do Batman and Robin. He <laughs> mistook it for a Demolition Man movie. <laughs> So, this is great. Where are the seashells? <laughs> <laughs> oh, so Phoenix and Spartan are both put into <clears throat> ice jail. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on, we cut to the future. And we're introduced to Lieutenant Lenina Huxley, played by Sandra Bullock. And she's a cop driving in her fancy little electric... Her, her Tesla Model S yeah. with autopilot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Her Google car. <laughs> yep, yep. She gets a call on her iPad, and she uses CarPlay to take it. Yeah. Yeah, and then we get, like, a... Sh- and she complains to Siri about how boring being a police officer is. Yeah. Right. Yeah, we get a nice little exposition dump that basically shows that uh, in the future now, crime is pretty much gone. Uh, there's... It's a utopian society, or so it seems. Or so it seems! In fact, uh, Sandra Bullock, I believe, asks Siri, like, hey, how many crimes are going on right now? And she's like, none. I guess hang out at your desk. It seems weird that we have this police force when there's literally no crime happening. Right. Uh, We do see a little bit of a crime. Uh, A robot spray paint machine comes out of the ground. Uh, Hey, graffiti is art. Okay, so a robot graffiti machine comes out of the ground (laughs) and proceeds to basquiat all over a wall. (laughs) Please, he banksies. Oh, sorry. And then the wall... The wall decides to uh, violently reject the art yeah. by electrocuting it with sticks. 
uh, it is the future now, and we're kind of we meet the San Angeles Police Department, and we get like an idea of what's going on here. This guy, Doctor Cocteau, has changed the world for the better, and there's no more crime, and there is no more uh, anything bad for you, and everything's boring and fun, and everyone just no one touches each other. Yeah, it is. It is Sean Hannity's nightmare of a nanny state. Yeah, <laughs> it pretty much is. There's only Taco Bell. There's no touching. Everybody's really nice. Swearing is against the law. Yeah, you're right. being told to be well or be calm all the time. Enhance your calm. Enhance your, your calm. Your calm is not calm enough. <laughs> Take some steroids for your calm and enhance yeah. it. Juice that calm. <laughs> Get fucking calm, bro. <laughs> Yo, bro, did you do your calm lift today? <laughs> <laughs> So we're treated to a little uh, behind-the-scenes funness of the jail, and we see that Simon Phoenix is somehow up for parole before John Spartan. Yeah, right. Uh, and while he's there, he begins uh, parroting back what the warden is saying to him in Espanol, and he doesn't even understand why he's speaking in Espanol. And then he, suddenly he knows the code, the secret trigger word to get out of the... The, uh, the like, Frankenstein's monster operating yeah. bed that he's yeah, strapped yeah. to. And it's Teddy Bear. <laughs> <laughs> and then he proceeds to violently murder four innocent people. I'm going to correct you right there. He murder death kills them. Oh, and they right. are sure to say that eight million times. <laughs> murder death kills them. That's right. The code 187 is, you know, uh, as murder, is known in the future as murder death kill. All one word. Yeah. <laughs> and boy... That gets grading real fast. (laughs) Especially when they start uh, conjugating it to, like, it's a murder-death killer on the loose. This murder-death maniac, he's going to murder-death all of us. The next time he murder-death. We're going to get death-killed by this (laughs) murder-death killer. Oh, no, the kill murderer is coming to death me. (laughs) So yeah, they uh, he murder death kills uh, the couple of technicians. He now this is where I believe they establish that since his first name is Simon, he has a penchant for saying Simon says. Yeah, yeah. Simon says die, which is great. It's awesome. Yes, it is. Uh, it is always unexpected and it is always hilarious every time he does it. <laughs> And Simon Phoenix uh, steals the eye out of the warden's face and mm-hmm. uses it to escape the uh, police precinct and then proceeds to murder more people in the parking garage. And this is kind of what alerts the rest of the police force. The murder-death-kill-187 codes start going off. and Rob just... Schneider is very concerned. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Rob Schneider as secretary? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, he's deputy shut up. Yes. <laughs> Everything he says, he says in that annoying Rob Schneider high-pitched squeal oh, that just makes me want to shove a broken bottle down his throat. <laughs> Guys, there was a time when Rob Schneider was a legitimate entertainment force. Oh, yeah. Not soon. Uh, af- not too soon after this, he will uh, once again reunite with concepts of dystopian future and Sylvester so Stallone yeah. for Judge Dredd. That's right. Yeah, he was the go-to comic relief guy for all of your dumb action movies. Oh, no. And it turns out he was always terrible. (laughs) Oh, man, yeah. Like, thank God he managed to hitch his wagon to fucking Adam Sandler or he would just starve in the street. (laughs) With a big sign that says, we'll irritate for food. (laughs) 
Hey, it's me, the homeless guy, <laughs> begging for change. You got some change for the homeless guy? Some chickity change? Change Reno. Change Apocalypse. Need a place to sleep for the night. I haven't eaten in days. My wife and family left me because nobody thinks I'm funny. Great Stallone impression, Mark. Great. <laughs> Oh, man, I hope Rob Schneider's not listening to this. I hope he is. We can use his support. <laughs> hey, Rob, retweet this. <laughs> oh, oh, the- I'm sure you're a fine person. It's just your artistic output is like a cancer upon our society. <laughs> it's the... It's the artistic equivalent of being bitten by a Gila monster and having the wound fester. <laughs> I've heard that you're perfectly pleasant to work with, but my God, if you express yourself creatively one more time, I will throw you in the Sarlacc pit. <laughs> where you will discover a new definition of pain and suffering as you're slowly digested over 10,000 years. <laughs> Guys, I've been trying to work Star Wars into this podcast <laughs> since day one, and I finally did it. Just today. For the first time ever. Well done, John. (laughs) This isn't sarcastic at all. I mean this 100%. You guys ever see hackers? God damn it. Oh, you've, oh, God, you've hit like the trifecta Uh. of irritation. Yeah. You did Star Wars, you did hackers, and Shane Black on me. So help me, God, if you poochie me later on. (laughs) Just wait till we get to the seashells. So Simon Phoenix escapes. The cops don't know what to do. They're overmatched by this maniac. And I will say, uh, Wesley Snipes playing Simon Phoenix is incredibly intimidating in this movie. Oh, yeah. He is solidly built. He is incredibly competent with martial arts. And he is genuinely uh, frightening. Right. He's, yeah, he's very menacing. Yeah. And at the same time, like, very charismatic and likable to watch. Because he's he's got that... Chuckling through everything, making jokes the whole time. Because he's got that attitude where he knows that he is completely untouchable, so he's just having a blast being terrible all the time. Right. Right, yeah. And eventually he makes his way to a little computer kiosk in the middle of a street. Yeah. uh, Which is in the process of telling just some schmuck, hey, you're a good guy and people love you. Yeah, it's like like an ATM for joy and happiness. Yeah, it's an affirmation... Kiosk. Kiosk, yeah. Well, it's an automated affirmation machine. Machine. <laughs> machine, machine. Oh, no. It's an AAM machine. Oh, no. Yeah. You know, like ATM machines. <laughs> yeah. It's just a bunch of fucking Stuart Smalley clips. <laughs> <laughs> so the Stuart Smalley robot tells the guy that he's cute and fuckable or who knows what. <laughs> uh, he certainly would not have said fuckable, as yeah. we will soon You're learn. You're right. Yeah. He said sexable. Uh, and so Wesley Sipes throws, literally throws him away and begins hacking the entire city on this public computer. Yeah. Uh, and like, as much as I, I disagree with kind of the political point of view that this movie starts with of just like, oh man, you can't say this or that and look what's going to happen to the future. Like as much as I disagree with that point of view, it is incredibly satisfying to see anyone inflict damage upon this society. <laughs> yes, right. Yeah. Right. And I think, and I think that's kind of what the movie is. I think the movie's definitely making fun of like 
PC culture. Uh, you know, this is the early 90s. Uh, well, it feels like it's making fun of the nightmare idea of PC culture. Right. Like, yeah. no one actually wants this, you idiots. Yeah, exactly. Right, right, Except right, right. for maybe Dennis Leary, because he's having a ball. Right. <laughs> he loves rebelling against it. So, Simon Phoenix is uh, cornered by several inefficient cops. He dispatches them pretty brutally yeah. <laughs> before toying with the last one. Well, like, right off the bat, so it's established here that for some reason he's able to hack real good. And he doesn't know why. Even he is blown away by his skill. But you know what? He's learned not to question the good things in life. Yeah. Don't left it, don't look a gift horse in the mouth. Just go ahead and hack the computer to electrocute a guy. It's fine. Yeah, <laughs> run with it. Yeah, he, uh, he graffiti electros a dude. He anti-Banksy's a dude. Although the thing is, to be fair, the security override passcode was just press seven a whole bunch. <laughs> That's true. Well, so. I mean, isn't it always? <laughs> to be fair, it's like that because the script said he had to say, lucky number seven. <laughs> uh, because every line in this movie, almost every single line, is a catchphrase oh, that they could conceivably put on a t-shirt or a beer koozie. Oh, when we get to the museum fight, it is oh, just yeah. full throttle. <laughs> it's a quote battle of the ages. Phoenix takes care of all the other guys, uh, the other cops, sticks one of their, like, electro batons into, like, the battery of a car and blows, blows it, it up. up. Which and, was great. Yeah, it was so cool. And the entire police force is watching this live, just uh, unable to comprehend how one person could be so mean. And not only that, but this is the first time that, like, 50 people have ever seen a human life extinguished by another human. Yeah. Like, they've never seen a death before. Well, what's the irritating Rob Schneider line? Uh, we're police officers. We're not trained to deal with this kind of violence. Right, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, and, Rob. <laughs> you monster. <laughs> so, uh, they contact Dr. Cocteau, who's the ruler of the San Angeles area, and they ask him, what should they do? And he says, I have the utmost confidence that you'll do whatever needs to be done. I give... Do whatever needs to be done. And so it's... It's Sandra Bullock has the idea to apparently give Mark a scanner stroke. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's no... It's, we'll be back after these messages, everyone. Uh, it's the old guy. Um, the guy who oh. was the helicopter pilot in the beginning of the movie. Uh, and now he's the old, the old wise uh, uh, guy. The guy from the, the magic yeah, guy. Yeah, he's the magic guy from Hudsucker Proxy. Yeah. What's his name, character I'm magic guy from Hudsucker yeah. Proxy. Yeah. So magic guy from Hudsucker Proxy. He watches like, upon us through all time and space. Yes. He does, handily enough. He, uh, he basically says, oh, you need John Spartan. And they're like, the demolition man. <laughs> and sure enough, they unfreeze him. And this is where the movie goes from good to the best! <laughs> they unfreeze him, he immediately starts swearing, and buzzers keep going off, yeah. issuing fines. Yeah. Uh, which, that is a joke that's really funny for this first scene. And then the movie commits to it, and it never stops being hilarious. It's it is always everywhere. so funny, and it's everywhere too. It's like in the background at places, yeah. Like Wesley Snipes, like motherfucker, and like way deep in the mix, you just 
Yeah. Simon Phoenix, you have been. It's just, it's really great sound design, actually. Yeah. Uh, this movie should have won an Oscar for sound design because all the gunshots are the loudest gunshots, all the punches are the loudest punches, and that buzzer is so well yeah. mixed. And all the vibrators are the loudest vibrators. Yes, that's right. right. <laughs> oh, man. So they unfreeze John Spartan and they let him know, hey, it's been 30-something years, your wife died in a giant earthquake, salt's illegal, swearing's illegal, meat's illegal, no cigarettes. No contact sports. Yeah, welcome back to, welcome to Pussyville, caveman. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, they're all immediately condescending and he is immediately condescending right back. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, they get him a uniform, though, and they're going to show him how to get rid... They, they want him to take care of Simon Phoenix. Uh, unfreeze a maniac to catch a maniac, basically. And uh, we get this cute little scene where he comes out of the bathroom. He's got his uniform on, and he says to them, he's like, Hey, I don't know if you realize that, but you're out of toilet paper. And they all laugh at him. Yeah. Oh, that poor guy been frozen for 30 years and they laugh at his face yeah because he doesn't understand a thing and despite all of the amazing things that happen in this movie this is probably the most memorable thing about it yeah right. like if you were to ask anybody on the street what do you know about this movie oh yeah it's the three she see the three seashells <laughs> yeah yep. that's true yeah that is like everyone knows if you say demolition man they say yeah. three seashells right which, which they all take a moment to explain uh or john spartan says you know there's no toilet paper uh, the, where it should be, there's just these three seashells. Yeah, they're just like, ah, he doesn't know. He Rather than seashells. explaining to him how to properly clean after using the bathroom, <laughs> right. which, like, be a person for a second, guys. <laughs> <laughs> it's gross back there. He needs help. It's like, guys, we just, this guy just woke up after, like, 30 years in cryosleep. He's been having night terrors the entire time, and he just found out his wife is dead, and you laughed in his face because he couldn't wipe his ass correctly. <laughs> <laughs> you, Rob Schneider. <laughs> he is the ringleader in the laugh circle. Yeah, That's all I'm yeah. saying. So, she, seashells or no seashells, uh, they have this idea of, uh, well, clearly, you know, Simon Phoenix... We've looked at his psych profile. We think he's going to start cooking some drugs and putting together a street crew, just like the old days. And uh, Spartan just says, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. He's going to try to find a gun. That's going to be at the top of his to-do list, is finding a gun. And they're like, oh, but the only place you can find guns is at the museum. (gasps) (gasps) And then everybody gasps like fucking Hercule Poirot just showed up and was like, it was the butler! <laughs> That's my Hercule Poirot yeah, I was gonna say, great, by the way. Great Stallone, Mark. <laughs> no problem. Hashtag Poirot. <laughs> Waiting Poir- for Poirot. Poirot. Uh, and like, John Spartan is like, alright, well, fuck something. And then like, the little paper comes out and finds him and then he gets an idea, and this is like one of my favorite jokes in the movie. He walks up to the little swear machine and just goes, motherfucking ball He starts like whispering into the <laughs> ear of the swear collector machine. He earns that he earns this movie's R rating and that four seconds, seconds of yeah. camera time. 
But he gets all the paper he needs. To wipe yeah. his ass. <laughs> <laughs> Which means he came out of the bathroom, had a full discussion, got angry with a bunch of people, and then realized he could get the paper to go in, and he didn't wipe his ass the whole time. <laughs> right, and I would say he still didn't, because cut to the museum. Right! Right! <laughs> Where there's no time. There's no time for wiping that ass. Because Simon Phoenix funny. is in the museum throwing people into displays. <laughs> yeah, he is. Well, the windows are hard to break. Yeah, 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 he tries a couple punches and kicks, and it's just not working. Yeah. And a little museum staffer comes up, and he's like... Ah, fellow greetings, what's your boggle? He's like, how much do you weigh? And then doesn't even wait for an answer, which leads me to think that no matter what he said, he would have got thrown into a display case. (laughs) Correct, yeah. Well, no, he was gauging. He wants to know, like, if this guy just slams against it and falls to the ground in a heap, you know, you don't want to pick up a skinnier guy later. So it's more of yeah. like, what's the relative weight yeah. so that I can yeah. make sure right. I do it right the next yeah, time? Yeah, right. Because, I mean, it's, you assume that this guy will probably just break his neck against the glass if you know what? I'm, I'm with you on that right up into the point where he still doesn't wait for an answer. <laughs> <laughs> That's a reasonable point. Yes. Fortunately, we don't need to go down that rabbit hole because the display case is shattered mightily. There could have been a lot of great reasons to ask that question. There are no great reasons to not give a fuck what you said. But this is this is where uh, Simon Phoenix starts putting his uh, 1990s LucasArts uh, puzzle game knowledge to the test. Where <laughs> he uh, uses uses guard on glass case to yeah. get the old guns. Then he shoots the old guns to break the case to get the new future guns. Yeah. And now he's got all the guns. Yeah. And the ammunition conveniently kept the same place as the guns. And oh. lots of it too. Like yeah. we're, we're gonna shoot a lot for the next 90 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. This ammunition lasts them for the next two days of yeah. violence. I feel like you should have a Resident Evil amount of ammunition in this yeah. movie. <laughs> Everyone gets eight bullets. That's right. it. And right. a knife. <laughs> and a knife. So John Spartan uh, shows up at the museum and so begins a dope shootout yeah. between these two guys. Uh, it's awesome. Mm-hmm. It uh, is. It, there's a lot of jumping and covering and Max Payne contextual shots. Yeah. Just, using the environment. A glass floor gets shot out so they get to fall into a basement that's actually an old school L.A. street, but it's still totally a basement. Right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They built the museum on top of mm. a uh, authentic Los Angeles street scene. Yeah. From before the earthquake. The big one, they say. Uh, and then... Like, they get into this fist fight down at the bottom where they're just, like, punching each other. And the Phoenix gets a shovel. Yeah. And it's just, like, poking at him with a <laughs> shovel. And then Stallone counters his shovel with a 20-inch television set. Yeah. Well, and this is where the, the battle of wits truly begins. Yes. Uh, can- there are a lot of lines like, Simon says, bleed. And uh, my personal favorite, hey, you're on TV, as he throws a (laughs) TV at him. Which doesn't make a lot of sense as the TV is breaking on him. (laughs) But, like, also, I don't know, you weren't super concerned about your quippy one-liners at the beginning of this movie when you were just trying to save some people. But he's literally wielding like a twenty-inch tube TV, yes, like a man. mace, like a flail. He's yeah. like just like whip by the cord and just hammering he's spinning him with it like it. that ball that Lucy Liu has in uh, Kill Bill. Ah, uh, that was not Lucy, Lucy Liu. Who the fuck that? is that? That was her Goonie henchman. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, go go Yubari. Yeah, go go. That's right. Uh, and so, um... Wait, I'm not done describing other movies yet. (laughs) (laughs) 
Yeah, so Simon Phoenix escapes the museum, and uh, just as he escapes, he sees Dr. Cocteau and his corpulent sidekick Otho from Beetlejuice. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> and he takes a couple shots at him, but misses? But he's so close. What can you possibly explain this away with? So he gets even closer. <gasps> and when he tries to pull the gun, he can't. He just kind of shakes. And Dr. Cocteau says, Isn't there a thought rattling around in that primitive brain of yours? Don't you have someone to kill? And we find out that Dr. Cocteau has brought Simon Phoenix back himself to take care of Dennis Leary, playing Edgar Friendly, yep. one of the Morlocks who live <laughs> under the city. King of the rat people. Yes. Yeah. King of Barter Town. <laughs> Can't imagine there was a big audition for that one. <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll get to this Well, later. it was written for Bill Hicks, but then Dennis Leary stole the ball. <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, it is revealed that basically all of the things that uh, that Simon Phoenix cannot account for is actually been downloaded into his brain while Matrix he was cryo sleeping. Yeah. yeah, he's been in essence brainwashed with legitimate terrorist skills. Yeah, like hacking and Spanish. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we thought not in Trump's good. America, <laughs> right? So, Doc, so Phoenix runs away, and hot on his heels is John Spartan and Lenina Huxley and Benjamin Bratt's character. Uh, and Does it have a name, Benjamin Bratt's character? He does, but I don't remember. Yeah. Uh, glasses, McSargent face. Oh, yeah. Benny Bratz. That's what I thought. <laughs> oh, he doesn't wear glasses in the movie, but that's he doesn't, okay. Yeah, he doesn't wear any glasses. You're thinking of yeah. Bob Guntone. I plays usually the am. <laughs> <laughs> I loved him in Greg the Bunny, said John. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I love him in that fucking Seth Green sitcom I never saw. He's really good, man. Yeah, dude, Robot Chicken was the best. <laughs> what? Oh, we're doing Seth Green movies now. Oh, my hands are <laughs> my hands are so idle. These idle hands of mine. No. I cannot think of a single other yeah, no, fucking Seth Green movie. So you're saying you're up this creek without a paddle? That's a Seth Green movie. Is it? It is. Is it? It is. It's about guys who... I'm going to have to check the Scrabble rulebook on that one. It it wouldn't be a Scrabble (laughs) rulebook. It just says no proper nouns. (laughs) Yeah. You don't get to use that much. So this podcast is going to be about 20 minutes after editing. (laughs) So make up for Star Trek. This will be our first, like, episode zero. So Dr. Cocteau uh, tells tells Spartan, hey, thanks for saving my life and scaring away that mean person. I'm going to treat you to Taco Bell. Yeah, Taco Bell. And this is where we find out uh, him and Lenina Huxley are off their, on the way on their date to Taco Bell. Stallone in his beautiful sleeveless kimono. kimono and Lenina Huxley in a dress made of rocks. <laughs> and we find out that there is no other restaurant besides Taco Bell because of, John, the Great Franchise Wars. <laughs> the Franchise Wars. God, it's just like this movie keeps like creating whole other movies just as one-line throwaway jokes. Right. There's there. This movie does a great job of world building without like... Without lots of exposition and stuff, yeah. it, it moves on a good pace, yeah. but it's always just dropping little bits and pieces that you're just like, what happened in this world <laughs> yeah. that there was a franchise wars? Like, 
And it's, it's established that all of the music is now just old commercial jingles old that commercial are called jingles. minis. Right. Called yeah, mini tunes. And it's great. And again, like, that is a joke that, like, it's it's funny once because Stallone is all like, oh, no, put me back on ice. I'm Encino, yeah, man. Put me back in the freezer. Uh, but, like, it keeps coming up throughout the movie in just the most delightful way. Yeah, like when they go to Taco Bell and Dan Cortez is behind a grand piano singing the Jolly Green Giant. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's really the big letdown about the Taco Bell is not is only that Dan Cortez there. <laughs> not, not a fan of Rock and Jack softball. <laughs> not only is that it... bumps it down from three stars to two. <laughs> Sorry, I'm a big deal on Yelp, so my opinions really matter. But not only is it not all restaurants are Taco Bell, they're like shitty, healthy Taco Bells with where you get a single chip with some veggies on it. There's no right. like crunchy gordita supreme <laughs> sure. or like yeah. Cheeto taco. No, no, it's, no. It's like, it's like fucking Mariano's took over all the yeah. Taco Bells. Oh, no, right. yeah, it's bad news. Well, this was like the, this is the early 90s, like the health food craze was really just kind of kicking up. And it's like that time of like small plates, right? Yeah. It's that thing that ruined restaurants for yeah. every Midwestern person in the world. <laughs> <laughs> no kidding. It's like, oh, I want a grilled cheese sandwich. And it's like, oh, here is a Triscuit with a piece of brie on it. And it's like, fuck you, man. I want bread and cheese. I am from America. <laughs> and then a few years later, Dr. Atkins was just like, I don't know, fucking eat bacon or some shit. Yeah. <laughs> Give that man a goddamn Nobel Prize. <laughs> We will reward you by giving you the uh, Times bestseller slot for nine months. <laughs> <laughs> Only to be knocked out by the secret. <laughs> Shh. Oh, sorry. <laughs> First rule of secret is always rip off Fight Club. <laughs> <laughs> What's the second rule of secret? Fucking no one ever asked. <laughs> what? <laughs> you had me at Fight Club reference. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> so, we're no, no, Taco Bell. so we bail out of Taco Bell quickly because Dennis Leary is outside stealing out of one of the delivery trucks. Yeah, they're stealing like uh, jugs of dried Taco Bell food. It looks like it. It, they, it basically just looks like they're buying those like giant Costco jugs of cheese puffs. Yeah, that you get where it's like one thousand and one cheese puffs, but it's like full of shrimp and stuff. Yeah, and then for some right. reason, like unrefrigerated <laughs> shrimp. Yeah, the food of the future. <laughs> for some reason, some guy has like a box of multivitamins or Pepto-Bismol caps or something. Yeah, they look like, like Tums. Yeah, like you think it's going to be food, but maybe it's like food pills. I don't know. <laughs> or maybe it's just Tums because they stole a bucket of unrefrigerated shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and this scene in the Taco Bell cocktail basically explains that the world got really shitty and like gangs took over and it was... I had a chance to change it for the better, and I took it. And then, oh, these are the scraps, the guys who live underground in the barter town area. And Stallone goes out there and just starts wrecking dudes, like, left and right. Yeah, yeah. It's awesome, especially because this has my favorite Stallone kill line of all time, which is a guy, like, barely pokes him, and he goes, You're going to regret that for the rest of your life. Both seconds of it. And then promptly takes about a minute to beat this guy up. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> but when he does, it's awesome because he punches him a bunch of times, then grabs him by the arm, throws him away, 
brings him back and then clotheslines him, which is a special move that him and Simon Phoenix both do like eight times throughout the movie. <laughs> yeah, it's the Scorpion in Mortal Kombat 2 special. Yeah. 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 It's just spear, uppercut, teleport behind the back. Mm-hmm. I ain't no dummy. This ain't my first rodeo. <laughs> See, I was always the Sub-Zero guy, so it was freeze, uppercut, freeze ground, make him slip, uppercut. No, no way, man. Raiden, back, back, forwards. Quiet, people. <laughs> Halfway across the screen. You can't touch me. <sighs> I've become a giant board. <laughs> It's just fucking, that is the E-Honda 100-hand slap of Mortal Kombat. <laughs> that's the, that's the E, that's the Hagar fucking pile driver from Final Fight of Mortal Kombat. Shut up. Yeah, yeah, we all love that game. <laughs> Shut up, Hagar was a mayor and he got shit done. Hagar is a pair of pants. No, Hagar. <laughs> what a weird insult. Hagar, whatever, that dude's just a pair of pants and a haircut. (laughs) Whatever, when our middle-aged listeners remind you that it is a pant. (laughs) A single pant. (laughs) I will only buy them in pairs. Oh, Mr. Rockefeller over here. (laughs) Buying his pants in pairs. (laughs) I buy my pants one leg at a time, just like everybody else. Right? I'm just like you, America. (laughs) My car door doesn't necessarily match my car body. (laughs) Oh, so... Uh, Still Taco Bell, guys. (laughs) And what's great is, so, uh, you know, John Spartan handily dispatches three or four guys. Dennis Leary, the master tactician, has been thinking and observing this whole time and finally is ready to to unleash his, his coup de grace, which is to point and say... Get him! As everybody runs at him at once. He sends like 50 goons at Stallone, and Stallone does what Stallone does best, cutting up tents and dropping yeah, it on yeah. them. He picks up a, a what, it's, it looks like a... It's one of the, it's one of the Morlock weapons, it's one of the <laughs> scrap weapons, and it's, it is, uh, it looks like a, a fan from yeah, a car. It, it looks like a fan from a car, or like the windmill that you would put on top of your house. Yeah, you know? and then attached to a stick. Yeah. As if it were now an axe. What's yes, great is and like, it works as an axe, because yeah. it cuts steel cables. So, like, all of the, the like, underground people, the, the Dennis Leary <laughs> rat people, are all dressed and have weapons straight out of Mad Max. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. they're all It's all warriors. big leather shoulder pads mm-hmm. and just whatever piece of metal looks sharp. Yeah. Yeah, well, after they left Tomorrow Morrowland, they came to live underground. Ah, uh, yes, after the before times, the long, long agos, yes, yeah. we reached the now-nows. Exactly. <laughs> now, they left uh, Mad Max in Australia, they got on those boats and jet skis from Waterworld, and they show up in California. <laughs> this makes perfect sense. They once were you... told they could dance with the wolves. Yeah. <laughs> and once you get outside of San Angeles, you get to the rest of California that uh, Tom Petty is the governor of from The Postman. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I like that your assertion is that Kevin Costner tied together the Mad Max <laughs> cinematic <laughs> universe. Demolition Man, yeah. Oh, let me tell you something real quick about something about The Postman. My <laughs> when that movie came out, my French teacher was adamant that the Kevin Costner movie The Postman was a remake of Il Postino. <laughs> <laughs> And I was like, no, I don't think it is. It is a French movie about the inevitability of death. <laughs> it is about the male is a metaphor for it keeps coming to you, but you do not want it. <laughs> uh, really? This one has Tom Petty as a mayor and Kevin Costner literally gives him mail. Yeah. 
Literally. He says, didn't you used to be someone? Tom Petty looks at the camera, winks. (laughs) Well, I've got a date with my American girl. (laughs) (laughs) It's time for Mary Jane's last dance. I'm running down a dream out of here. (laughs) I won't back down (laughs) from this amazing movie. (laughs) Says Tom Petty. (laughs) So now that uh, half of the underground people are captured in a tent... (laughs) Well, they're not kept. They're just they're momentarily baffled, and they decide to make a hasty retreat because no one can repel firepower of that magnitude. That's right. (laughs) It was a trap. I will be honest. If somebody caught me in a tent, I'd be pretty embarrassed, and I'd go home. I'd be like, "Yeah, I wasn't here." Oh, those other guys, they got caught in that tent. That's terrible gooning. <laughs> you guys are the worst henchmen. I would have never got caught in a tent. Oh, that's some real mooking, guys. Yeah. We want gooning. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, the aftermath of the, the uh, goon attack is Huxley and Spartan go back to her place, oh, yeah. which is decorated like an authentic 20th century apartment. Oh god, it's it's like it's which like someone who owned like a camp themed thrift store yeah. just threw up. Yeah, it, well, it looks no, like it, she bought a Fridays and turned it into a house. It's, I was, was going to say it's halfway between the uh, Red Robin and that diner from Saved by the Bell, <laughs> the Max, <laughs> which is open in Chicago for a limited time. At Patrick, do not chill. Do not chill for the for max. The max. <laughs> we are peach pit people here. <laughs> Where else will I get my fruit shakes? Oh, <laughs> uh, this is a city guys podcast. How dare you bring up Saved by the Bell? Oh, <laughs> uh, so. Lenina Huxley, Sandra Bullock's character, and, and and John Spartan go up to her apartment. And she's like, hey, you know, there's this very scientific explanation about how uh, violence is linked to sex and uh, leads to arousal. And I kind of want to have sex with you. And he's like, oh, yeah. (laughs) And she's like, well, just have a seat in your sleeveless kimono. (laughs) Clearly ready for the fucking. And she goes off to another room and comes back. This is where we're glossing over one of my favorite jokes, which is she puts on some mood music. Right. Which is, which the, is the, the love to boat. The love boat. <laughs> it's so yeah. where the lights dim down, there's a subtle red glow yeah. and the love boat theme. And what I love it's is... It's amazing. And what I love is he recognizes it. He goes, love boat. And then he like shrugs like, yeah, that'll do. He's like, I <laughs> fucked to worse. <laughs> Like that, some point in like 1994, he fucked the Sanford and Son theme Baby, we are moving on up. <laughs> After these good times. Hey, man, he was just dreaming of a world where he didn't have to fuck to a Poison album. <laughs> That's true. We are neck deep in the 90s. Yeah, no. Oh, Ooh. man. Ooh, boy. So <laughs> she comes back with a little little box that has a couple little helmets yeah, in it. Yeah, she's them. got a fucking she Oculus be- VR set <laughs> yeah, ready to go. Set, man. She puts one on his head, one on hers. And she gives him a towel. Yeah. Which yes. means... For later. She, yeah. Because, right. you know, he's going to make a mess. Right. <laughs> 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 
Here's what gets me about that. She gives him a towel, but at no point does she like, hey, take off your pants. Because you're going to fuck up your pants. Look, his pants are still dirty from the bathroom. (laughs) There's not much worse it can get. It's terrible, though, At least she didn't give him a seashell for that. (laughs) He just scraped Just a spiky tongue. (laughs) Here, just rub the most sensitive part of your body on this spiky piece of calcified stone. Here, my hermit crab is done with this one. You can use it, I guess. My knees are touching involuntarily, people. (laughs) And I take them apart. So they put but, the helmets on. She's oh like, man, and it's it's this scene where the, the movie wins nine Oscars for sound ten, design. Ten Oscars. It, it, she puts the helmet on. She's like, just relax. It'll start in a moment. And he's like, what? And then she starts getting like a little like, mm, like orgasmy face. And he's like, well, I guess I'll close my eyes. And then the movie turns into it like, turns into the fucking ending of two thousand one, <laughs> but with boobs coming at you instead of a giant space baby. It's and like, what I love is every three to five seconds, there's a... <laughs> Stallone, Stallone making the craziest collection of O faces I've ever seen. And the noise is the grunts he makes. It's like... <laughs> and like, and it literally is having an into the void seizure like thrown at your yeah. face. Yeah, it's just like random images of women, not Sandra Bullock. Well, what I love the most... Is that eventually it's just a lot of fast cuts and clips, but then at some point the camera starts like really crash zooming into his face. Like it's coming right at me. Put on your 3D glasses, folks. And then finally he freaks out and he like throws off the hel- the helmet and she's like, What happened? You broke contact. And his response is, Contact? I haven't even touched you yet. That will not hold up in no. court, Stallone. <laughs> and this is where she explains that, like, in the future, uh, there was, like, all these weird, like, there was AIDS, and then AIDS, like, mutated into all these other weirder, more devastating venereal diseases, and so sex was just not only outlawed, but, like, genetically, like, taken out of our system, it sounded like? No, well, what no, it was no, is no, there's, no, if no, you no. wanted to have actual, like, sex sex, what you did is you went to a clinic and your fluids were screened and cleaned. That's how you got, if you wanted to get a pregnant, baby, yeah. you yeah. went and got artificially inseminated, otherwise sex was gone. But you still have the urges. They didn't take it out of you. Sure, so this, like, VR headset, like, yeah. uh, shoots a bunch of beta waves yeah. into your yeah. brain. Yeah. It gammas yeah. up your brain. Mm-hmm. Makes, <laughs> makes you a real incredible Hulk. Yeah. <laughs> Hulks and, you right out. And that by that we mean you make a big mess in your pants. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And Stallone. Uh, You're probably going to need a towel. Oh, this is one of my favorite scenes. He, <laughs> he's, she's, she's like, oh, you mean like fluid transfer? Because he's like, let's do it the old-fashioned way. And she's like, ew, you mean fluid transfer? And he's like, no, I mean boning, the wild mambo, the hunk of chunka. Because <laughs> honestly, hey, like... baby. You mind if we do a little hunk of chunka? <laughs> I no. got my Trans Am out front. It's got a bottle of slow gin in it. Let's do the forbidden oh, mambo. Man. Hey baby, I got I got a bottle of Boone's Farm, my Iraq Z. <laughs> Let's do the hunk of chunka. In the scene selection, this uh, this bit's titled "You Can Take the Man Out of New Jersey." <laughs> <laughs> Come on, baby, let's do the funky monkey. <laughs> like, it's just oh, the God. hunk of chunka. It's just gross. It's, it's uh, gross baby talk. Yeah. It's really gross because it sounds like having 
Oh, this is really gross. It sounds like having sex with a woman who has a yeast infection. Oh! <laughs> like, it just sounds gross hmm. to me. I'm sorry. Man. I can't help it. I've thought this since 1993. Oh, I, that was going to be an ice cream related joke. <laughs> Never. <laughs> Maybe it's something to do with, like... A chunk bar? Yeah. Or, That's not much better, Patrick. <laughs> I would have much rather pictured a Heath bar than a yeast <laughs> infection. <laughs> Just alone fucking laying pipe on like a candy bar factory. Just banging Heath bars left and right. Don't give him a score bar. That's what do you think nougat answer. really is? Oh. <laughs> Hot French semen. Oh no. That's what it We've is. We've reached the uncanny valley. <laughs> Everything is fake, but it seems so real. I can't tell the difference anymore. So uh, he basically says, like, uh, yeah, I want to do a fluid transfer. And she's like, ew, no, not even in the mouth. And he says, I bet you're a really good kisser, which is not what she meant by no, fluids no, no, in he, the mouth. No, no, no. He says, oh, it's a pity. I was a really good kisser. Oh, and, then he, and then he corners her <laughs> and tries to kiss her. Yeah. And to this movie's credit, she says no. And he's like. Ugh, I, all right. No means no. Goodbye. Yeah. And yeah. then he leaves. And he takes a second to be like, look, I'm just... Uh, like, he's trying to say, I'm a caveman from 30 years ago, and I don't understand your weird... <laughs> I don't understand your weird customs. I'm sorry. Let me put the helmet back on. But in a strange turn of events, he has had behavioral therapy. So he goes back to his room to crochet his problems away. <laughs> yeah, right. he finds a ball of yarn and some needles uh, from the, the medical institute, and he's just like, what's this? And then immediately starts threading. He does a really good cast on and just starts going to town yeah. while revu- reviewing the uh, security cam footage. But not before he gets a wrong number from boobs. Yep, this was a pointless boob scene. <laughs> and that gets it an extra star. <laughs> yeah, someone uh, calls up on the uh, video phone with which irritates me because it's only in portrait. It is mounted to the wall. <laughs> you cannot play your fucking SNES emulator in landscape mode in the future. Uh, and yeah, it's just, it's a naked lady and she just goes, oops, wrong number. <laughs> That's it? Yeah. And he's, and like, he just kind of, he just goes, no, all right. <laughs> Future's not so bad. Yeah. Uh, so he takes out his fucking GameCube disc with fucking Wind Waker on it and puts it in the security <laughs> cam footage machine, which, uh, Mark, you pointed out, he's really good at context clues in this future yeah. world. Yeah, like he literally just walks up to an electronic device, knows how to open it, play the disc, puts it in. Like, uh, how does he do that? Do I don't think- know. I know people today that don't know how to open a CD yeah. drive. Right, and this isn't a movie that will originally be published in VHS. Yeah, that's correct. <laughs> Although uh, there is a line later on in this movie that Laserdisc was the format that won. That's right, oh, yeah. Well, yes. DVD wasn't around yet yeah. in 93, yeah. so yeah. And Laserdisc was all the rage. Yeah, right. man, I want a DVD the size of a record that I have to flip halfway through Cliffhanger. <laughs> yeah. Unless I want to shell out for the extra multi-drive Laserdisc player that just automatically goes to side B. (laughs) Also, I want to pay like $50,000 for that thing. (laughs) More than my car to play a Laserdisc. For additional jokes about obsolete video (laughs) methods, please see Paul F. Tompkins' Working Under Delusions. Uh, Available. Laboring Under Delusions. One of my favorite comedy albums. It is great. So good. King Hat. 
I don't, I, I would, look, I, I would, this is not a podcast about great stand-up comedy albums. Because if it was, we would just spend all day talking about King Hat. Uh, but yeah, it's very good. Moving on. Uh, the next morning, Stallone wakes up after watching the security footage and seeing uh, Cocteau and Phoenix and their thing. And he realizes that Cocteau's been lying. He unfroze Phoenix to kill Edgar Friendly. And uh, he's going to go... He, he's going to go confront him. And so the next morning, Lenina Huxley sees him, and she's still a little understandably miffed, but he right, Well, her... it's a very awkward morning after. Right, yeah. it is, right. You know, it's mm-hmm. tough. Because he still hasn't wiped, and he smells terrible. <laughs> but he's got an apology sweater That's that he right. knitted himself. That looks, like, way too big for her. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, he had to guess. Yeah. That's true, that's true. He didn't get enough looks in the VR sex simulation. <laughs> Well, and I mean, plus he had to use all that yarn, because you don't want just a little bit left, because <laughs> right. you're never going to use it. You're going to throw it in a drawer with the intention of, like, oh, well, when I need a little bit of yarn, this will be great. You'll never need a little bit of... Listeners... Knitting today's John Rooney... <laughs> you will never need a little bit of yarn for any reason. <laughs> Please include your story of using a little bit of yarn <laughs> with your Sylvester Stallone impersonations. Direct message at... Body Counts and Beers! At Body Count Cast on Twitter, Body Counts and Beer at gmail.com. At beersandmovies.com! <laughs> John! John, you cannot ask people to send things to our social media when you don't even know what our social media is called. At Bullets and Bodies! At Facebook.com! <laughs> at Boom Boom Kill People! <laughs> then we count them! <laughs> dot org, the dot com was porn. <laughs> Uh, so they uh, have a little drive. We find out that Stallone, the reason why he was able to make this wonderful sweater, is that the conditioning he received while he was in cryostasis was uh, to knit, because that is apparently what his genetics favor as a future job. Uh, no, he's understandably a little disappointed because uh, Simon Phoenix got to have uh, you know explosive expertise and Spanish, you know, Spanish, and several hacking. several forms of very effective martial arts, torture, yeah, uh, and also violent behavior. That's the last one. Yep. Violent Just violent behavior. behavior. Just general tomfoolery. <laughs> Which, to be fair, a roguish streak. I'm pretty sure he already had the violent behavior down. He's <laughs> cleaned it up. So he's like, hey, wait a minute. How did he get all that? I don't know how that happened. Uh, went into a weird accent there. Um, so he... Yeah, this was kind of the final piece in the puzzle of, oh, this is what happened. Yeah. This is why, you know, he has been weaponized and, you know, set free in the future in order to take care of the last remnants of crime that this society has not been able to expel, i.e. the rat people of Dennis Leary. Yeah. <laughs> so they go to confront Dr. Cocteau. Who's talking to him on eight TV chairs. <laughs> yep, they're all virtual presence bots. Yes. Yeah, we got a real Wizard of Oz situation going on yeah, here. Yeah, uh, it, it doesn't take Spartan long to figure out he is the man behind the curtain. Then he puts a gun to his head. That is after shooting most of the fake TV. Right, wasting more ammo. Yeah, it was a real uh, Hall of Mirrors situation. He wasn't sure which one was the real guy. You know, of all the TVs he was talking to. Well, he had to make sure to shoot all the TVs so Dr. Cocteau didn't show up and then scratch him with his claw hand. (laughs) (laughs) No, just let that one sink in. 
And we're good. Enter the dragon. Yeah, there it is. I was going to say, anyone who hasn't gotten it by now is never going to get it. <laughs> I.e. Uh, stupid. <laughs> I, don't, I don't mean that. Uh, so John Spartan is basically, you know, tells the villain that he has figured out his entire villain plan. And he's still like, nah, you're wrong. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we got to get you back on ice, John Spartan. But like, I don't know. I guess I'll let you leave. Bye. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He basically says Huxley's got to take him into jail. Spartan's not having it. And he decides to take her and Benjamin Bratt's glasses make officer face. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Just every time. All right. Every time you say Simon Phoenix, I swear to God, I think you're going to say Simon Pegg. Anytime you say Phoenix, I immediately want to say River Phoenix. <laughs> I just, I did not learn names in this movie. <laughs> so Benjamin Bratt. And, and I keep hearing Benjamin Button. <laughs> so John Spartan takes Huxley and off Benjamin Bratt's character. Benjamin Button. And Benjamin Button down into Dennis Leary Rat World. Uh, uh, which is in the sewers. Which is in yeah. the sewers, yeah. Where they have beer and rat burgers and classic American muscle cars. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes! It's so cool. He pays for his rat burger and beer with Huxley's Rolex. Yeah. And the lady's just like, oh, Rolex, here's one burger. Well, because that's all he ordered. It is all he ordered. He, he ordered. agreed to that transaction. He this ordered. is how libertarian economies work. She never gave him some change, though. No, because that was the works. agreement. Oh. The agreement was one Rolex for one burger and one beer. Yeah. Oh. Sure, he overpaid, but then all he has to eat so far are chips and salsa. Plus, uh, Officer <laughs> Button was offered to put in an order, and he said, no thanks, none for me. So true. That's they true. did their due diligence. Yeah. Good I mean, point. the lady was willing to expand the order. That's true. Yeah. And it is at this point that they come face-to-face with the leader of the Dennis Leary rap people. Dennis Leary. Dennis Leary. And this is the whole reason he was cast in this movie, because yeah. he is... They put a nickel in him, and he is wound up for a patented Dennis Leary rant. Yeah. It's literally a scene... Taken directly out of No Cure for Cancer yeah. and dropped into this film. Yeah. Uh, These pages of the script came laminated. Yeah. They literally they just, uh, uh, one of the characters literally just asks, Hey, why are you rebelling against society so much? And he's like, Oh boy, I'm glad you asked. He's like, I want to put green jello on myself and run around naked and eat a Big Mac and club baby seals. And like, I don't care how many calories I get. I want to eat all the things. Yeah, he just like... Yeah, uh, also he one. likes thinking and reading books, he tells us. Yeah. Right, there's a weird, like, uh, classist undertone to his whole rant as well. Right, and like, that's we that's what we find, you know, Cocteau has basically, in essence, banished these people because they're free thinkers, and they believe that people should have a freedom of choice, uh, and uh, Cocteau's not a fan of Devo, so uh, <laughs> that's a Devo song. I know, no, I know, go, I go, got go, it, go, I was on board. We're all totally um, Everybody loves prog rock here. <laughs> get, get, no, that is fact. Sorry. Uh, oh no, that is the best because, like, I do not like the Rolling Stones. So the fact that Devo took that song and was just wrote a big "fuck you" to the Rolling Stones <laughs> was great. Yeah. Oh, why don't you like the Rolling Stones? I, I find their music to be bad, and so, their personalities are grating. Well, anyway, yeah, okay, all right. Wesley yeah. Snipes shows up. With That's his, right. uh, he got five other jackasses unfrozen to help him. Including Jesse the Body Ventura. Yeah. 
Yeah. Who in this movie doesn't have time to bleed, mostly because he doesn't have time to be on screen. <laughs> yeah, he's not really in the movie at all. <laughs> so yeah, there's a big uh, shootout in the underground uh, uh, mole people lair, and eventually Simon Phoenix... Oh, is- although, uh, just pause real briefly, Dennis Leary has one of the greatest guns in existence. It is a pistol-sized, sawed-off shotgun with independent triggers for each barrel. Yeah. That's right, yeah. He's able to shoot a single barrel at a time that if he wants. That is antique, man. It oh, boy. It's super cool. That's the kind of thing that, like, should be, like, your starting weapon in Fallout. <laughs> like, just a real simple, just, like, two-bullet, like... It's powerful, but it's not going to last very long. Moving on. Uh, Phoenix escapes. John Spartan gives chase. The only way he knows how. In a car. With a 1970 Oldsmobile 442. Uh, And there's this epic car chase uh, through San Angeles. Wesley Snipes steals a police car by just getting in it and saying, drive. Well, he can hack everything. That's true, yeah. Um, and uh, Sandra Bullock, it turns out, is a bit of a gearhead because she's able to identify the car as well as mo- uh, much of its features. Yeah, 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 and eventually able to drive it very yeah, well. Very, well. very well. Yeah. Uh, and there's this great car chase. Uh, Spartan gets on top of the car and jumps onto the police car that uh, Phoenix is driving. And Phoenix is just shooting bullets through the roof. It's really exciting. It's very yeah. fun. Yeah, no, Although, cool. here's where the car chase loses half a point for me, which is the, the cop cars have DeLorean-style doors that open out Gullwing and up. Gullwing doors, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And at one point, uh, Phoenix opens both of the doors, and at no point does the car take flight. <laughs> <laughs> Finally, Stallone jumps onto Phoenix's car, Grabs Phoenix, throws him out of the car onto the road, yeah. uh, and then the car is malfunctioning and it won't stop. And finally crashes through the giant glass sign of the San Angeles Police Department. Oh, man, it's great. Fills up with crash foam. Yeah, which is a great idea, and I think we should adopt Seriously. it. Oh yeah, I mean, you know, I, I was thinking about that after you said it though. What if his mouth was open and he got crash foam in his mouth? Uh, what if there was no crash foam and he went through the windshield? Yeah. You kind of pick your poison yeah, at that I'd point. I'd rather just spit There's no good way to have out. a car crash. <laughs> you know? Yeah, right? So the car fills up with foam. Uh, he fights his way out. Like, he reenacts the, the end of uh, Ghostbusters, Ghostbusters 1. Mm-hmm. He just kind of punches through the foam. He Lewis Tully's out of there. Yeah. Yep. It's at this point that they have to mount basically a final assault. Now, this was another point where the movie just lost a little tiny bit for me because all of the mole people Dennis Leary leads to the surface and the cops have a very tense standoff for just a moment until Spartan is like, no, it's cool. These guys are cool. They're with me. I need two guns. And Dennis Leary's like, ah, give them two guns. And I'm like, yes, lead the mole people to raid. Like, the combined forces (laughs) of the mole people and the cops on a giant assault on the mansion of Simon Phoenix. But no, No. that's the last we ever see of either. Yep, yeah, absolutely. He's got to solo this. Uh, And so they go to the uh, cryo prison where Phoenix is in the process of thawing out all the criminals at one point yeah, he's, he's about to break everybody out of Arkham yeah and at one point he even is going to enlist he goes Jeffrey Dahmer I love that guy and he's gonna let Jeffrey Dahmer out <laughs> so they uh, go on like a little raid and it's Stallone and Leonardo Huxley getting some fist fight and look this is where we see Huxley's got some fight moves yeah she gets yeah. the crap out of some well guy. she says that she has been studying Jackie Chan movies yeah. to, to learn some sweet kicks yeah 
Right. This she also, handles herself admirably. This is also how uh, Sean William Scott gets all of his martial arts moves in Bulletproof Monk. Right. Dope reference, Bromley. You did it. <laughs> Am I, I'm the only one that saw that, didn't I? Apparently. Oh, that's tough. Uh, I saw Kung Fu Hustle instead. Oh, that was probably better. <laughs> it was pretty alright. It was really good. Chow Yun Fat does a thing with a cereal bowl that's real great, though. I guess, but Stephen Chow does a whole bunch of Looney Tunes stuff that's real great. Oh, that's true. Oh, man. Go watch Shaolin Soccer. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Stallone and Bullock defeat the Goonie guys. And the just, Goonies? <laughs> yeah, they defeat the it's Goonies. It's our time down here. Down here, it's our time uh and then stallone punches mouth in the face <laughs> yeah and that's how we, that's how we get the cory feldman experience right? whatever his band is called now here's the thing his band is dangerously incompetent and he as an artist <laughs> is like brutally bad at producing anything of quality but I adore him because he has just indomitable spirit. Right. He is true. like, like it's, he, you cannot stop him. Can I, can I just say something that I think it's hilarious that you love, you love Corey Feldman for all the same reasons that you hate Rob Schneider. Fuck you, Rob Schneider. Yeah. True. Because every time Rob Schneider does anything, it's that smirmy, smug, like, I'm a real funny guy. I don't know why he was, like, <laughs> a Phil Hartman character for the purposes of that impression. Who I turned to Bill Clinton? <laughs> I'm a real funny guy. I like that Mark added that uh, that thumb poke. That the, you, the, the, the political thumb? Yeah. The thumb that all politicians use? Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. There's just something about Feldman. He's he's just so harmless that I that it's that his bad art is endearing. <laughs> I suppose that time Rob Schneider mugged your mom right? <laughs> using his jokes. Yeah. 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 That is my brutal origin story <laughs> in, in the Frank Miller timeline. <laughs> this city weeps. <laughs> Because Rob Schneider said making copies to my mom. <laughs> right. make the world will pay. look up and say, tell us a joke. Rob Schneider will look down and whisper, make the copies. <laughs> oh, that was a great joke. And we will all drown in the blood and the blood will scab over. <laughs> uh, and million voices will cry out, you can do it. <laughs> <laughs> So I think we might actually uh, owe Rob Schneider some money at this point. I, know, right? uh, I think Rob Schneider owes me money for seeing the animal in theaters <laughs> twice. Uh, you know what? Buyer beware on that one. You had every opportunity to know that was going to be a shitty movie. Oh, Notice man. the giant Rob Schneider on all the posters. Oh shit! They weaponized Rob Schneider. Oh, he's, no, he's giant now. Oh man! Like when? in that oil movie, Giant. <laughs> what? Starring fucking uh, what's his name? <laughs> oh yeah, no, I've seen that one. The uh, Oil Giant, giant? Uh, Mr. Rebel Without a Cause, James Mr. Dean. Yeah, James oh, Dean's last movie, Giant. I thought you meant Kid Rock. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, his is with a rebel yell. He cries more, more, more. <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. That's, that's Billy. Right. That's Billy Idol. <laughs> Ah, uh, no. Uh, she was actually a jazz singer from the 40s. That's Billie Holiday. It's always a holiday when you've got Rob Schneider. 
Jeez. Oh, bit concluded. <laughs> so, so, uh, so Spartan. Uh, oh, they, yeah, they're, they're throwing out the other guys. They, yeah. they find out the other guys, and Spartan tells Huxley, he's like, yo, I'm really proud of you. You did a great job. Hey. And she's like, thank you. You know, I'm sorry I had to shoot that guy. And he's like, ah, oh, don't worry about it. Zap to your head. And just, like, electrocutes her yep. to unconsciousness. He leaves her behind. Uh, because I guess he doesn't want her to, A, get hurt, or B, like, lose that future innocence part of her. I mean, the last time he took on uh, Wesley Snipes, he did barely get out of the building before it became a crater in the earth. Sure, so, I mean, sure. he could be yeah. worried about the safety of a partner in this situation. Especially when he came so yeah. dangerously close to not sleeping with Yeah, him. yeah. yeah. It does seem like he's going in like it's going to be a suicide thing. Because then he's got the, the clip, the next clip, he's like, send a maniac to catch a maniac. Which click, is another click, great click, poster click, click, click. quote. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> this whole movie's cobbled together from poster, poster quotes. quotes. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. In all the best ways. Spartan and Phoenix have their final uh, collision, if you will. In, yeah, in the cryo level. <laughs> yeah, in the, yeah. yeah, in the cryo, like where they do all the freezing. Yeah. In the Eisen room with the Zamboni, <laughs> yeah, with the well, Zamboni uh, and the big, uh, the big arcade hook hand. Yeah, <laughs> the the Empire Strikes Back carbonite retrieval hand yeah, comes down yeah. and snatches up John Spartan something good. Yeah, grabs yeah. him by the ribs, and then like Phoenix is just like toying with him, just like firing off round after round of like Uzi shells at yeah. him. Mm-hmm. Uh, finally, Spartan takes a little like hose of coolant. And like sprays yeah, the I think metal. It's like liquid nitrogen. Yeah. Yeah, and like sprays the metal so it becomes brittle and like forces his way out. And they have like a nice little fight and they're punching and It's a real kicking. good fight. It's yeah, really yeah, great, right. yeah. Uh, they're both incredibly competent at pulling off this oh, level of yeah. action. Yeah. And then like at one point Phoenix grabs like the ice cutting laser yeah. and like starts shooting it. Oh yeah, full him. fucking Congo. He goes all crazy yeah. in the place. Yeah. And then and then he like smashes it against a wall to remove the safety features and it becomes like the lightning from Return of the Jedi. Yeah, yeah. yeah pretty much. He's full he goes he goes from Congo to Palpatine. <laughs> As we all have yeah. at some point no, in our lives. I've been that mad. <laughs> yeah. To go from Laura Linney to Palpatine. Yeah. <laughs> It doesn't take much. <laughs> uh, but I guess the laser like runs out of batteries or he gets bored. Each is uh, equally likely in this yes. movie. Because yeah. <laughs> uh, he throws the laser down and they do it mano a mano, fist to fist. Yeah. yeah, and in the end, Phoenix kind of prevails. He's got he's got Spartan on the ropes. He's got him knocked down until John Spartan notices <gasps> one of the ice sticks. Well, to be fair, uh, Phoenix is just like, this is the greatest day of my life. I'm going to get real wet for a second. And (laughs) it's like drenched in water that I guess got shot from like an errant water tube. You know, he was firing bullets everywhere. True. And lasers. Uh, But like, he has a terrible poker face for as like maniacal and as charismatic of a villain Phoenix is. He cannot keep his emotions in check when he sees the, the little like... Cryo Insto Freeze Ball is near John Spartan. He looks at it, gets a real panicked look, and then pretends like he didn't see it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and that absolutely anyway. gives uh, Spartan the idea of like, hey, wait a minute. What if I threw this little ice ball at him? He's covered in water. Water freezes. Mm. Boy wonder to the bat cave. <laughs> <laughs> Let's science this one out. <laughs> So, John Spartan reaches into his bat belt and pulls out his stick-handling gloves and smashes the ice ball maker uh, into Phoenix, who promptly 
begins to freeze and it's very painful. John Spartan jumps up just before it catches his feet, grabs onto the still circling claw machine. Yeah, it becomes yeah. the floor is lava for John Spartan. Yeah. Except and it's ice, which is the, I guess, opposite of lava? Yeah. 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 And then it spins yeah. around. <laughs> and just as he comes on to uh, seeing Phoenix again, he remembers... Hey, remember at the beginning of the movie? <laughs> he said his he weakness said, was being decapitated. <laughs> when he said I'd lose my head and I said I'd remember that? I remember that! <laughs> and he says, heads up! And then doesn't so much kick his head off. As like bumps as into, he, it. No, into it. He stomps it down. Yeah. So it breaks off the neck, flies across the room, bounces once, and then shatters. Yeah. It is an incredibly satisfying death. Oh, it's, it's so cool. John Spartan is victorious, but he's destroyed the cryo prison. He comes outside, and the police are there, and the rat people are there. And they're, and they're all, all like, damn you, Riggs! <laughs> <laughs> and the chief is just like, what are we gonna do? You ruined our future! And he's just like, how about you guys get a little dirty, the dirty guys get a little clean, and you meet somewhere in the middle. Wink at the camera, make out with Sandra Bullock, credits. No, Although, no. Give- no, absolutely not. Not credits. They start walking off into the uh, the lower quadrant of the screen, I guess. Yeah. And Spartan says, "Yeah, you know what? There's just one thing I still don't understand. What's with the seashells?" Confirming that for the past three days <laughs> he has had a swamp ass. It has been smelly, itchy, oh, gross, God. dirty. Every time he sits down, there's a. <laughs> Every time he stands up, there's just a little bit of suction. Oh, oh. Yeah, because they laughed at him instead of helping him like a human. He's got more skid marks in his pants than he left on the freeway. <laughs> and that's Demolition Man. It's time for Bullet Points. Pew, pew. Bullet Points. And our first bullet point is... Body count. Body counts. John, what do you think the body count of this movie is? Pretty low. I mean, we've got the bus full of people at the beginning. I don't know if that necessarily counts because technically they die before the uh, movie Movie starts. starts So I don't know if we're counting that. That's a good question. But we find out in the movie that no, they weren't. They they, well, they were dead. Yeah, yeah, they were dead ahead of time. So yeah, that's a good point. Uh, so with the busload of people, I'm going to say 70. Without the busload of people, probably like 20. It feels like a pretty low body count. Patrick, your body count. Well, uh, with all due respect to my colleague John, he's forgetting the 80-some-odd convicts that they're trying to res at the end of the movie who die in the cryo prison's collapse. <laughs> uh, no, there was just one. He was in like an ice puck that they fought <laughs> on top of. <laughs> They say it's going to be 80 when they're like, oh, no, there's 80 guys. Uh, so I'm going to, with that, go for like 120. Okay, so the confirmed body count for this movie, confirmed quote fingers, once again from the All Out of Bubblegum website. It's going to be 12, I'm going to be pissed. It's actually 72. Ah. And that does not include the bus full of, of ah. people. So 72. Uh, there's a lot of goons that just get taken out in this yeah, movie, like, yeah. on the periphery. Yeah. Like, Wesley Snipes kills four people just when he wakes up. Yeah, and then he just shoots all of the scientists after they get yeah. the thing going. Yeah, there's a lot of people who die in this yeah. movie, and most of them die in the most brutal <laughs> fashion possible. 
Oh, it's so funny when people die yeah, in is. movies. Yeah. Uh, so moving on to our next bullet point, war crimes. War crimes. War crimes. Patrick, tell me about some war crimes. Taco Bell is the only <laughs> restaurant, people. The only one. And it doesn't have any of your favorite menu items. <laughs> there's no there's no chalupas, no gorditas, no, no cinnamon twists. Oh, man, no double stuff. Tacos, no endless nachos, nothing. You whoa, whoa, some... whoa, whoa, whoa. What Taco Bell are you going to that has endless nachos? <laughs> That's actually a good point. <laughs> they aren't endless, are they? But they're much bigger than the plate that uh, Sylvester Stallone gets at the Taco Taco Bell Gourmet True. Restaurant. Right. Endless <laughs> nachos. Oh, man. And I can only assume that uh, Doritos was taken out in the big one because there is no Dorito dusted taco. Yeah, there's yeah. no Dorito dusted no taco. No Doritos man. Locos Tacos. Oh, <laughs> yeah. man. Yeah. That, that is a war me, crime. Yeah, that's the one. Oh, <laughs> John, war crimes. Uh, I'm going to go a little bit of, di- of a different way. <laughs> Oh, you mean an actual crime, eh? (laughs) I'm going to say the indefinite imprisonment and brainwashing of your convicts, seemingly without trial. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. true. You never see a court. (laughs) You never see a court. You never hear about any judges. You never, like, there's parole hearings, but those are clearly done at the discretion of the police force. So they're closer (laughs) to, like, military tribunals. There's no civilian, uh, you know, apparatus determining the guilt or innocence or uh, rehabilitation of any of these convicts. And, oh, yeah, while you're in there, you're awake the whole time with searing, painful nightmares about your loved ones clawing at the ice cube (laughs) that you're stuck in. Uh, And then they fucking teach you how to knit against your will? What kind of bullshit? If I want to learn how to cast off, I want to put the legwork in. (laughs) What's crazy about that is, like, they say, like, in the movie that they base these occupations, these skills, off of, like, genetics. Like, what is your body predisposed to being... To doing. Yeah, dude, just listen to your body and do whatever. But that means that there's, like, people who are, like, being brainwashed while they're frozen to be, like... I don't know, like, stamp manufacturers or, like, paper cutters, lumberjacks. Like, they're just, like, weird... Who knows what else? Like, ah, you know what? The only thing you're going to be good at is working at Blockbuster Video. (laughs) (laughs) That's it. Oh, man. Mark, war crimes. Uh, I am going to go with the fact that they all live in a advanced, uh, seemingly utopian, but truly dystopian police state where there's uh, surveillance everywhere at all times. The police can zoom in on you at, with any camera anytime they want and have a response there within minutes. And it also feels like a weird like Jim Jones like cult that you can't because Sylvester Stallone at one point in the movie says you know hey yeah maybe when I'm done with this I'm gonna catch a flight out of here and uh you know the the benevolent leader gets a look on his face like uh, uh, he cannot be allowed to see outside of our walls right those are out of here <laughs> like what happened to the rest of the United States of the world nothing yeah That's I'm sure right. it's fine <laughs> right I'm sure it's fine people are going to the fast food restaurants of their choice <laughs> Dennis Leary has nothing to rant about. <laughs> yeah, I'm just gonna go down to the get my mail. <laughs> but I'm really mad about it. <laughs> oh, moving on to 
Best kill. Best kill. John, best kill. I'm going to say my best kill uh, happens pretty early in the movie uh, where like three or four deaths are unloaded on just a goon (laughs) where he is like punched in the gut, punched in the face, grabbed by the throat and thrown down a flight of stairs. Yeah, uh, all with his back it. turned. He never saw it coming. He had no chance of defending himself whatsoever, yeah. and it is delightful. <laughs> it's great. Oh, it really. Although is uh, it does lose uh, again, I am I am very generous with the negative half point demerits this episode, <laughs> uh, but it does lose half a point for no Wilhelm scream. True, because yeah. uh, he does go over a railing and down a flight of stairs, and that is just the perfect place for a Wilhelm. Yeah, you're right. Always. Oh man, this movie just lost a whole star and is now at seven stars out of five. For hey, time. remember the surprise boobs though? Yeah, yeah oh, right. we're back up to, to eight stars. <laughs> don't, don't ever forget about the surprise. Eight boobs. stars out of five. Yeah. <laughs> Patrick, best kill. Uh, you know, I'm going with the death of Cock Two. Uh, Wesley Snipes, <laughs> angry at the fact that he can't shoot him, just. Figures out that he can, you know, toss his gun to any of his random goons that are now his henchmen, and they can shoot him, and so he does, and they do. Because <laughs> I guess, like, Cocktoo was like, yeah, I'll unfreeze your buddies with no questions asked and won't put any safety measures yeah. in place. Forgot to safeguard the other guy. Although, to be fair, his plan is to make the perfect violent maniac and, like, get him to kill a guy who's been graffitiing some yeah, stuff. Yeah, right. <laughs> like, he clearly didn't think through any of his plans at any point. At all. It really yeah. leads you to wonder how he ever got to this position of power. <laughs> uh, because the people of San Angeles have never heard of hubris. Yeah. <laughs> Pride cometh before a perfect society. <laughs> but before this death is over, they pick him up, and because he's wrapped in a bunch of ornate robes, they throw him in a fire, and he burns. <laughs> and literally burns to nothing. Yeah. There's not even any bones left when they find him later. They just find a scrap of fabric, and they're like, Oh, poor Dr. Cocteau. <laughs> he goes up like a pile of newspapers. <laughs> it's awesome. I think it's like because his robes are obviously like soaked in rubbing alcohol yeah, or something right. like that. <laughs> Patchouli oh. is very flammable. Yes, that's right. <laughs> oh, Mark, best kill. I gotta go Simon Phoenix getting his head kicked off. <laughs> it's so great. Because uh, his whole body is frozen and they clearly made a giant frozen version of Wesley Snipes. Uh, which is awesome. Yeah. And he just swings around and he says, heads up. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, because he could have said, like, any number is like, watch your head, or like, uh, or he could away. have said nothing because there's literally nobody else in the room and Wesley Snipes has been frozen. <laughs> I can't hear. He says it purely for his own benefit because he knew he would regret it later. Right. Yeah. He had one shot. For the music, the moment, you gotta never let it go. Well, and, I mean, and just wanna... like Mom Spaghetti, he stomped that head off of his shoulders. Mom Spaghetti. <laughs> oh, man, it's so good. When it, that head shatters and you can see, like, the inner parts of the ice are red because it's blood. Oh, it's yeah. beautiful. It's so delightful. It's like the chocolate of deaths. <laughs> it's so nice. <laughs> Oh, moving on to our final bullet point. Is this an action movie? Is this an action movie? Patrick, is this an action movie? Yes. 
In fact, it's everything I love about an action movie. It's almost entirely unbroken action sequences, except when we do take a stop, it's only for jokes. Yeah. Yeah. And I fucking love it. It's perfect. John, is this an action movie? Absolutely, yes. Uh, What I really love about this movie is that there is no beginning and there is no end to this movie. It just is and then it isn't. Yes. It is purely binary. It is either on or off. (laughs) There is nothing in between. It is the Mr. A of movies. (laughs) A deep cut Steve Ditko reference for the four of you in the audience. Mark, is this an action movie? Oh, hell yes, this is an action movie. This movie is, I will say, it's kind of what John was saying. This movie is just all rising action. It's all, there's no, like, yeah, there's no beginning, there's no end. There's no, like, part where it just tails off. It just starts at 60 and just revs up to 180 and then 200 and then 300. And it's one of those rocket-powered monkey cars that they (laughs) send people in. But, like, it's not not that it's all 100% action 100% of the time. There's still great pacing in there. There's still, like... When they're in the car singing the old ad jingles, like yeah. it, it is incredibly charming, of, right? You know, like you I really. I will say this: everybody in the movie is super committed to the ridiculousness of the pre- yeah. of the premise. And I'll say Sandra Bullock delivers uh, an amazing performance because she's able to convey so much personality through this like weird future double speak baby talk that yeah. they have, right? But like it always sounds natural, and you always feel the meaning behind it, mm-hmm. and it's just like. She's incredibly... There's a running gag where she always gets old sayings a little bit wrong. Oh, yeah. She's like, we're going to blow him. And he's like, (laughs) blow him. Blow him away. My favorite is you can take this job and shovel it. Yeah. Oh, my favorite is you really licked his ass. (laughs) Yeah, you really licked his ass. That one's hard to beat. Kicked. Kicked his ass. (laughs) I do love the one, though, when he's like, oh, we're going to blow that guy. And he's like, away. Blow that guy away. And then she's like, eh. Yeah, same thing. It's like, ah, like no, nothing exactly. can nothing can spoil her day. Right. You know? Patrick, final review of Demolition Man. What are those seashells for? <laughs> Do you want the canonical answer? Because Stallone has gone on record. Mark, take it away. Uh, two for scooping? No, two for... God damn it! No! It's two for pinching, one for scooping. Uh, the writer of the movie, who also wrote the film Heathers, and I think Hudson Hawk, basically said that you would use two of the shells as, like, chopsticks to pinch and extract the waste from your bunghole, and the second, uh, the third shell would be used to just scrape out the rectal area. Um, sure. And then, yeah. Ow. And the, I would like to point out that the one time we actually see the inside of a bathroom in this movie, there is no shower. No, there's not. It's just gray <laughs> tile and three seashells on a shelf, but they look like they're part of the shell. Yeah. They don't look like they're movable. No. Like, which led me to believe, like, when I was younger and saw the movie, that, like, you just, like, pressed the shell. Yeah, I thought they were buttons. And then, like, a robot came out and was just like, here I am, governor, come to clean the old butthole. Because... Let's keep that whistle clean, shall we? (laughs) No, I mean, I just assumed that this was the, uh, you know, like, this movie's version of the uh, Crocodile Dundee in the New York Hotel scene, you know? Where he doesn't know what the bidet does or how the shower works. I just figured it was buttons and fancy. (sighs) Poor Crocodile Dundee. I have no sympathy for Crocodile Dundee. <laughs> that that dude got everything he deserved. Yeah. Incre- <laughs> I'm going to be real honest. I've never seen Crocodile Dundee. Wow. Really? 
there's like four of them. I just yeah, decided there's Crocodile to... Dundee, Crocodile Dundee 2, Crocodile Dundee in Los Angeles, and Lightning Jack. <laughs> <laughs> I think those are the four movies I was thinking about. John, oh, final man. review. Oh, man. Uh... <laughs> Simon Says, great movie. <laughs> there we go, yeah. I, like I, was gonna, I think we were all going to go seashells. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it's absolutely fantastic. It's incredibly charming. Uh, it's, it's great. There's not a single moment of this movie that I would remove. There are a couple of things I would maybe spice up with a Wilhelm scream. Right. Um, and it feels like it maybe didn't have the budget for a big, like, army march uh, to raid the, you know, sure. mansion of the ruling class. But, hey, you know what? I can't take points away from a movie for a thing it doesn't have. Great movie. Mark, final review of Demolition Man. I would say this for me, Dark Horse Candidate for Best Stallone Movie. Ooh. Uh, because, like, and, like, and now that is accepting... Uh, the Rocky and Rambo franchises, because I mean, Rocky is probably hands down the best Stallone movie, mm-hmm. uh, and r- the first Rambo film, First Blood, is an amazing film in its own right. Mm-hmm. But I think this movie kind of stands on its own because it is a perfect mixture of science fiction, action, and comedy. Um, it's a great performance by Stallone playing like the befuddled man out of time, this Captain America esque character who's woken up in a future that he doesn't understand. And he play he, he plays the jokes right. He plays the action great. It's a really good performance yeah. from Stallone. True. No, it's fantastic. Totally agree. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that is it for this uh, technologically <laughs> disabled <laughs> edition of Body Counts and Beer. I am Mark Rosenthal. I am Patrick Bromley. I am the frozen uh, suspended animation body of John Rooney. And we'll see you next time. Good whatever time it is. Body Counts and Beer is Patrick Gordita Supreme Bromley, John Chalupa Rooney, and Mark Cinnamon Twist Rosenthal. Please subscribe to us on SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Google Play, or pretty much anywhere fine podcasts are purveyed. Like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter at BodyCountCast, or email us at BodyCountsAndBeer at gmail.com. And we are totally serious about that whole Stallone impersonation thing. If you're still listening, please send us your Stallone impersonation things. We will put them on the podcast. Good night.